We're grateful that you're here this evening. This is um, obviously Christmas Eve, and I want to talk just briefly. Very, turn to the person next to you and say amen to briefly. <laughs> Dang, that was a whole lot more vigorous than the other thing I asked you to say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this Advent thing is all about waiting for Jesus to come into view, right? We've been talking about for four weeks at Grace, this last four weeks, last four Sundays, we've been talking about this arrival of Jesus, how, how we wait for him. And probably more than any other part of the Christian church calendar, this is the month of waiting. You wait, we, we anticipate, we look forward. And some people wait for a week or two, they kind of get excited maybe a little bit at the end or maybe the full month of Advent. But there are some people in this room that when the tree goes away in January, they immediately start looking forward to the next Christmas. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you for your honesty. Good job. Yeah. They're the people that put on social media in, in March. Nine more months till Christmas. They're just already ready for the next year to come around. Advent is about waiting. And I want to talk to you just briefly about waiting. Because the waiting thing has been done long before you and I got here. All, all, from, from all time, from the Old Testament, there were men and women looking forward to the coming of Jesus. They anticipated looking forward, what we commemorate looking back. They were looking forward. So prophets like Isaiah and Micah were looking forward and were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they wrote in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus. Mary was waiting. Think about how waiting went for Mary. She had the interaction with Gabriel. She experienced the, the Holy Spirit coming upon her. And for nine months, she waited for the advent. She waited for Jesus to come. Joseph stood by her, waiting, believing, standing in, in, in anticipation of what God was going to do. Mary's cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah, they were, in on, they were kind of on the, in, the inner circle. They knew what was going to happen. They were waiting alongside of Joseph and Mary, holding their own little miracle baby. The angels were waiting to worship the king. I mean, you, you understand that heaven is outside of time and space they knew this was eventually going to come. They had a lot of time to practice for that night when they worshipped the Lord in the field near the shepherds. Simeon waited. We talked about him a few weeks ago here at Grace. He waited because the Holy Spirit had told him that he would not die until he beheld with his own eyes the Lord's Christ. And then, of course, the bonus was he got to hold him. And we don't know how long, how long Simeon waited. He, he could have waited months. The promise could have been just a few months old. It could have been years. It literally could have been decades of his life waiting for Jesus to come. The wise men saw the star and they came from the east and they waited for the full duration of their journey. That could have been months in and of itself. So much waiting. And on top of all of that, think about this. From the very moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord, that very simple commandment, don't, you can eat from any of the trees in the garden, don't eat from this tree. From the moment that they disobeyed and that they were deceived and that relationship was broken, God the Father began waiting for the moment when restoration would take place and relationship would be restored between the Father himself and his prized creation, humanity. Waiting. And waiting for us feels like most of us, I would say, it feels like a bad thing or a negative thing. Waiting feels like something difficult, almost like an enemy, like we have to overcome waiting, we have to conquer waiting. But I would argue, and I would suggest to you this evening, that waiting is actually a good thing. 
that waiting is, is a positive thing, that's even a blessing if we will walk in it. Think about it this way. Waiting is good and it does a work inside of us because waiting develops our ability to be patient. By the way, those people that say don't pray for patience, you can pray for it. The Lord's gonna develop it in you anyway, right? So pray for patience. But patience is developed by waiting. Waiting's a good thing. Waiting also is good because, because waiting builds our faith. From the moment that we pray something till the moment that God answers our prayer, that space in the middle is called waiting. And so in that time, we can, we can go deep, we can trust, we can choose to stand in faith saying, God, I know that you've heard me and that you're gonna answer my prayer eventually, but I need this waiting space in the middle to deepen my belief that God will hear and answer. Most importantly, and this is what I want to focus on this evening with you, most importantly, waiting, waiting causes desire to grow. And we don't live in a culture that waits for very much, right? We can't even watch a movie at our house without 25 checks to Google about, now what movie was she in and how old is she? Is that guy dead yet? I mean, we, don't, we are constantly interrupting ourselves because we can't even wait till the end of the movie to answer our trivia questions. I know I'm the only person that does that, right? Yeah. But when you really wait for something, it causes desire to grow. You could say it this way, our waiting increases our wanting. When we wait, the object of our longing becomes more and more and more valuable. Our appreciation of that thing increases. Delayed gratification is a good thing when we wait for something. I don't know how you feel about wedding days, but the example I thought was do you remember how excited you were about your wedding day as you went closer and closer and closer to getting married? And then I thought, some people didn't really look forward to their wedding days. That might not be a good example to use. But for most people, you're like, yeah, it's just, you know, most, most gals, most girls that get married and they're excited and they're planning everything. I mean, I'm sure guys get excited about weddings too, but God, girls just seem to be so really into it. I can remember Becky was just excited beyond belief that she was getting married and counting down the days. And that moment got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as she waited. If you've ever been pregnant or gone through the process of adopting a child, you get more and more excited as that day comes near. The waiting increases our desire. It increases our wanting. And so here we are. We're talking about Christmas. Here we are. Just a few hours. Getting a little more excited as the minutes pass, especially if you're of a certain age. Get a little more excited, a little more excited. Yeah, <laughs> certain age and Gary Flockstra. You get a little more excited, a little more excited, a little more excited as the day goes on. Christmas Eve comes to a close. We lean in expecting something great. And the first advent was the same way, except it was all of heaven and all of earth. They were like us. They were leaning in with anticipation growing. And of course, Galatians chapter four, verse four, which you've heard me say over and over and over again for these last, this last month. But when the right time came, God sent his son. And when the Lord was born, all, all of that first advent waiting 
was ended and desire was realized. And what we commemorate on this night, what we commemorate on this night was what they waited for for millennial. We only waited for 364 days since the last time we commemorated this special night. But the longing is good. And my prayer for us this evening is very simple. It is that we would not only long for and want and wait for the celebration of Jesus at Advent, but also, and more importantly, that the desire that we have for Christ would deepen and grow more and more and more, not just for tomorrow. I mean, have a wonderful Christmas tomorrow. Enjoy every bit of that day. But my prayer is, is that on the 26th when you get up, especially if you have to go to work, that you're that much more in love with him and that much more desirous to be with him and that much more hungry to know him. And that when that week ends and then we're into the new year and then it's March, which is a really cold, dreary month, that your desire for Jesus just keeps growing and that it's not centered in the celebration, it's centered in the person. My prayer is that we would long for Christ because Jesus did not does not and will never disappoint us. He fulfills our deepest needs and our greatest desires. And I want us as a church family, whether you're visiting or this is your home, I want us as a people of God to want him more. In these days in which we live, may he be bigger and bigger and bigger and may our desire grow more and more deep. And one more thing before we, we light those candles and sing Silent night together. One more thing I want to say. That Jesus himself also waits for us. So if you think about it, when, when Jesus was here on earth, he told his disciples, I am going away to prepare a place for you so that where I go, you can come and one day be with me. And so if, if, if someone is following Christ, if someone has a relationship with the Lord Jesus, they've surrendered to his lordship, they're following him. If someone is in that position, and, and that's many of us here in this room, then I want you to be reminded this, this evening that the Lord is waiting for you and that his desire is growing. So that when you, at one point in the future, hopefully not soon, exhale for the very last time here and inhale for the very first time in his presence that he is going to be standing there welcoming you into the eternity with God and the Father, Son, and Spirit forever. And that he will be so excited to see you because he waits for us. He longs for us. He can't wait to be with us in that way. But he's also waiting. Jesus is also waiting for people that haven't yet surrendered their lives to him. He's waiting for that to happen also. On behalf of the Father, he's wanting those who, who, who are not yet in the family to be adopted into the family like it talks about in Galatians chapter four. He is waiting for everyone around this world. Literally, think about it right now. Heaven is waiting right now for billions of people to say yes to Jesus. To say, Lord, I believe. To just say, I'm a mess, Lord. Please forgive me and take me into your family. And the answer every time is, Yes, every single time. The Lord is waiting for his children and the Lord is waiting for, for those who are not yet children to be adopted in to the family. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We're gonna pray in just a moment, but I wanna say this to you before we do. 
if you happen to be here this evening at Grace, and if you happen to be in that position where you don't have a relationship with Christ yet, I want to say just one simple thing to you. The best thing you will ever do with your life, I can say this with complete confidence, is to say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you and surrender your life to God. It is the most important thing. If we were to line up everybody in the room, those that already know Christ would affirm every word that I am saying. There is no better thing that you could ever do in your life than to yield yourself, to say, Lord, I surrender to you, I want you. And if this evening you're in a place where you've never done that and you would like to do that, I would so like to pray with you. I would so love to just take a moment and chat with you and pray with you and give you a Bible and help you begin your relationship with Jesus this evening. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray. But if that, that fits you and you're saying, man, I just... I feel like, and this is probably what it feels like, this urging, this sense of being pulled by the Lord. That's from God. If you're feeling that, would you just come up after we finish this evening? When we're finished singing Silent Night and we blow out our candles and everybody stands up, I'll be standing right up here in front and I would love to talk with you. Would you come and visit with me? Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Lord, even just saying that, I'm... I'm taken back to, in my own life, the day that I surrendered to you, Lord. And and the people in this room, there's just literally dozens of them that remember that same moment. Lord, you're so good. Lord, we remind ourselves this evening, that's why you came. That's why you came. You came because you loved us. You came because you didn't want there to be distance between God and man. You came, Lord, to build a bridge, to be the sacrifice, to reconcile a humanity that was lost with a God that loves them. And so, Lord, this evening we say thank you. Thank you that you are waiting for us even as we are waiting for you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Worship team, would you come back up? And as you do, church family, would you get in that hymnal one more time? I know some of you hate that and some of you love it. It's only once a year. Hem 405 is where you'll find Silent Night. And you're going to need to get that open before you get the lit candle in your hand because I'm anticipating that that would be something that would make the news if you're holding the candle and trying to open the hymnal at the same time. And once you have... Hold on, I got to do a Christmas by candlelight here. Once you're at 405, I'm going to invite the staff from Grace to come on up here. Pastor Jack, Kenemota Hebden. We're going to read two scriptures from the screen. Before we sing. Read with me Luke chapter 2. Should be able to be up there. Luke chapter 2. Go ahead. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, And she gave birth to her firstborn son 
and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. One more uh, passage, John chapter 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, already existed. The Word was God, and the Word was... <laughs> Let's try that again, because I can't read the Bible. <laughs> Ready? Do it. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Oh, two different translations. No wonder. It's not my fault. <laughs> Hey, this one's not on me, okay? All right, now let's read from the screen and I'll just shut this little book. All right, here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God, with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Amen. All right, would you go ahead, staff, and begin to light those candles. Would you stand and we'll sing Silent Night together. Silent night, oh. 
Jesus, we thank you, we love you, we celebrate you, we honor you, and we're so grateful for you. Thank you for coming, thank you for living, thank you for dying, thank you for raising, and thank you for being in us by your spirit. We praise you and we speak these things this evening in your name, amen.